Hi, Teamsters. I'm Carrie Ann. And I'm Allison. And this is Podcast Without an Audience, where two friends pick two topics and find intersectionality. We are a psychology and history podcast. Each Thursday, we find intersectionality between our topics. Or not. <laughs> you can find us on social media at Pod Without an Odd, or join us on the web at podcastwithoutanaudience.com. Join us in discovering what connects us all. And if you support us, blink twice. And if you're out there, keep listening. Welcome to another episode of the Daniel White Show, and we're just going to be in a new year, so it's going to be 2022, because I'm taking a little break right now. We're in 2021 right now, but I'm going to push this out a little bit to um, uh, set the new year right, but we're here with Katie Boulevard. Hello, hello. Oh, such an honor to be here, for you to be in my house, you know, <laughs> superstar, um, illustrator, artist, musician, everything, all around badass um met through the internet instagram yeah uh, but you don't know rock and rock has been on the show a free pizza forever ago so that's a cool connection we have there mm-hmm. um but yeah so yeah tell us about yourself which everything you i kind of gave an introduction i kind of said something i can talk hold on i kind of said some things you did but give an introduction to what you do yeah um well i'm a musician i'm a producer um i'm a multi-instrumentalist i like to you know get my hands dirty and get get in the nitty-gritty i'm also a artist visual artist Illustrator, animator, video editor. Yes. <laughs> but if you were to put a bridge term over it, I'd just say musician and visual artist. That's it. That's, that's it. it. But Those we're gonna, are the things. We're going to talk about the visual art stuff on Free Pizza one day because I'm sure that's like obviously a passion of yours as well. And I actually saw, that's kind of how I first kind of get to know you was uh, Prez would post the mm-hmm. flyers and you were the illustrator that did the flyers. So I was like, my goodness, because I think I first knew you as a musician, then yeah. illustrations and all that. And I all come together so that's super dope we're gonna focus on the, focus on the music this time um for this show it's gonna be so dope um but first we have an icebreaker question that i haven't seen before it's from our reflection pack ah cool we both have to answer it truthfully okay um i was gonna pick a random one and see what happens actually you know what I'll let you read it first all right there you go i haven't seen it so does it matter which side nope whatever okay. side you want mm. Oh, they're both I think good. I think one's deeper and one's not. So I think. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna do the deeper one. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah, I gotta do it because this one's for real. Okay. Jesus. What message would you put on a billboard for thousands of people to see every day? And I just answered this question actually recently. Oh my <laughs> so God. <I'm> <laughs> okay. 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 My goodness. Okay, I'm gonna have some music playing in the background for this. Let me. Let me chill. Let me. That might be cliche, but dang. Okay. Okay, okay. I would say, and this is people who are like me on social media, I say stop comparing yourself to other people. Mm, that's a good one. And I would just probably keep it at that, period. Yeah, yeah. That speaks for itself. There's big, bold, black letters, mm-hmm. maybe a yellow backdrop. Yeah, that works. Just say, Make stop it pop. comparing yourself to other people. Yes. Yes. That's something I, I battle every day. Anyways, go yeah. ahead. Um, I think mine was like, have you called your mom today? <laughs> Have you called your family today? We going crazy. Because that one. was my like thinking just, I feel like people, you know, over the years you get older, you lose touch with your people, I guess. Yeah. Or you get busy and you lose touch with your people. So 
I'm Yo. something I'm working on myself. So. It's it's so rough when you get older because you get life comes at you. You're doing work. You're doing music stuff. You're doing art stuff. You get lost in the in the in, you know in life, and sometimes you forget to do those simple things. Right. You know, um, is your family tight knit? Did you grow up in a tight knit family? Not really. No, yeah. my family is a little. You know. We kind of isolate ourselves as individuals, and yeah. everybody's kind of moved separately um, over the years. So, I mean, yeah, I've always I've always been the one to be like, oh, guys, let's, let's, <laughs> let's get, get together. together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's something I'm trying to work on and get my family to work on, too, everybody. You know? I feel you. It's, it's rough. Like I say, you're dealing with a lot of, sometimes you have egos, sometimes right. you have this and that. So, I was lucky enough to, and it's weird because my grandparents passed years ago, but it used to be a lot, a little tighter. Mm-hmm. Not that it's not tight now, but they were to come to the glue. Yeah, yeah. Even this Christmas season, um, it was so weird because my sister went on vacation, my mom stayed here, my parents were divorced, so yeah. my dad had his thing, and it wasn't as crazy as it usually is. Yeah, you know, yeah. The, everyone kind of does their own thing, and yeah. it's you saying that kind of sparked something. I was like, man, and I call my mom. Me and my mom are tight. Right, I, right. I'm lucky to say that me and my parents are really cool. cool. I talk to them pretty often. Yeah, but just the past that, it's like. Mm, I feel it's kind of distant it's like same with me you know me and my siblings me and my brother are just starting to get get closer you know shout out to Bright Decisive if you've heard of him okay okay and uh yeah like I mean me and my sister we haven't talked in a really long time and I have a pretty good relationship with um, my parents but um it's just it's just something you gotta work at. You just gotta try to stay right. as consistent as you can. It's, yeah, it's not yeah. easy. Everybody gets busy. So. <laughs> Everyone does, you know. And I was I've grown around people who who just don't like their parents. Yeah. And you know, I think that's for me coming from a family that I came from is so weird. But like I understand that there's different dynamics sometimes right. and sometimes parents aren't the greatest people. Right. And you can hold resentment against your parents as you're older for the things that you went through when you were a kid. Exactly. That makes it harder to form that new relationship that you run into, like trying to become friends with your parents as you get older. Yes. You know, that's like, oh, how can I be friends with this person? They did this, 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 this to me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You hold those grudges and everything too. Exactly. Yeah. It's crazy life. It is. That was a good one though. I like that one. Me too. Man, now I want to redo mine. Anyway, we're good. <laughs> have you called your Have you called your mom today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you called your mother today? Y'all, people, if you think if you're hearing this, give her a call. Give her a call. Right. But yeah, so let's, let's get into it. Let's get into the meat of it. I'm so excited. Um, obviously, you say you're a musician and visual artist, but so tell us where you're from. Let's we'll start there, and then we'll kind of get to where we are now. Okay, I'm from Raleigh originally. Dope. Okay, yeah. the triangle. Dope. Yeah, you know, yes. I haven't gone too far. That's dope. <laughs> Didn't so, go too far. That's dope. Those yeah. born and raised. Oh uh, yeah, born and raised Raleigh. Okay, moved here um, for college. I went for A and T. Yes, that's dope. Yep. Okay, and then the. I want to I want to keep trying to keep up from the visual arts. Well, what came first? I mean, okay. we can at least talk about that. So, what yeah. came first? So, what, what was your introduction into creating? Well, definitely music was first. You okay. know, like the furthest back I can remember was being like, you know, four or five years old. You know, my parents were very interested in making sure we were well-rounded individuals, especially my mom. So, you know, they put us in everything when we were kids. I'm very privileged to be able to say that. You oh. know, my parents were able to do that for me. But, you know, at a super young age, I was taking piano lessons. That was my biggest thing. I started playing classical oh. piano when I was four or five. My brother and sister both played. We all played. And we would go after school to this woman named Miss Battle. Okay. And she would, you know, teach us for two hours, you know. With, she was pretty, she was kind of tough. She wasn't mean, but she was tough. <laughs> and she was real with you. Okay, that's she good. She let you know, you know, that's flat. That's not right. <laughs> you do know, it again, do it again. Do it again, start over, you know. But at the same time, it really, like, kind of bred me in the in the mentality of 
being able to, <clears throat> I don't know, set that practice system in that like is really valuable to me now. Like learning how to really like put your head to the music and like focus and and really like get better at your practice and your craft. Yes, you know, so absolutely. you know, I took piano really seriously growing up. Um, I you know did some juries and did some competitions and things some some things as I got a little bit older um, and came to college and studied. At A&T before I realized that that wasn't going to be... Okay, that wasn't it? <laughs> my my thing, I, like classical at least. You okay. know, I was like, I don't know if I really want to go towards the classical realm. It's it's very tight-knit. It's very mm. like, it's like the art world. It's it's very determined by, you know, a bunch of old white dudes Absolutely. that have a bunch of money, you know? And it's like, that's not the type of deal I want to get into. So, um, yeah, when it came to creating, though, I feel like it was more so writing was a big one for me because okay. it was a refuge i'd say when i was going through things it was easy for me to just write it out and like little excerpts of of journaling turn into poetry and then okay. poetry turned into music turned into song got it so i feel like that was kind of my first real connection to creating was writing poetry and trying to just make sense of my feelings oh you know? that's dope some of them are actually pretty good from 2014 i was surprised hey, by myself that's kind of dope but, you know yeah poetry okay. was definitely a, a beginner for me you know absolutely and i guess you said it came kind of from journaling you kind of journal it's turned to poetry yeah. or like that um, you said 2014 is when it kind of really jumped off? Maybe a little earlier. You know, I was a kid, I would say. You know, maybe even 2009 or 8, you know, when I was writing poems, you know, middle elementary school, just trying to figure it out, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. When did you, guess, put the words to music? Was that kind of... Later. Okay, that was way later. Because that was kind of separate things. Were you still doing piano back yes. in those, I guess, high school, yeah. college years? Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you say you studied classical mm-hmm. at ANT. Yes. You were going to, or you did, or you... I did for a semester. Okay. <laughs> Just that's, one. <laughs> that's wild. And this is me being ignorant. I went to UNCG. I didn't know that... So obviously there's a music program probably every school, but yeah. I, didn't, I guess I didn't know that there was that program at yeah. ANT. Yeah. That's crazy. A lot of people didn't know about the music program at ANT. It didn't really get a lot of love. Oh, wow. It still does. Is, yes. Does it still exist? It still exists as far as I know. Wow, that, I mean, but, it makes sense because they're marching band is so yeah. g- great. But is marching band and music is probably a little separate Definitely. there at yeah. ANT. Yeah, yeah, okay, gotcha. That's yeah. super dope because obviously UNCG they're, is known for the music. Mm-hmm. So I, me, me not being okay, duh, every school has music. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I think music at at ANT is kind of yeah. It's not really viewed as the most serious, yeah. you know. Um, school that you can go to in right. the case of studying music, you know. Right, right. So yeah. that was another factor that I was like, if I come out of A and T with a music degree, mm. are people gonna you know what I mean? You know how people do. It's like if you come out at UNCG with a music degree versus A and T, it's viewed different ways. Exactly. When so, it shouldn't be, it's yeah. so stupid, but you know, that's just the kind of world society we live in. Right, exactly. You know, so okay, cool. So I went back up a little bit. Okay. So cause did you do guitar and high when did guitar come in? Guitar didn't come in until later, actually. Guitar didn't come in until college. So that was college. It yeah. wasn't high school. Okay, you used a strictly piano yeah. kind of throughout your adolescence. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yeah. I picked up the ukulele when I was maybe a senior in high school. Okay. And um, <clears throat> I had got the opportunity to be spotlighted as a senior at my high school. And they were like, you know, you get, I don't know, a 10-minute, five-minute spot on the news, the TV news <laughs> station yeah, in yeah, high yeah. school. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, what am I going to do for this? I had no clue, you know, and I always wanted to pursue music. I always wanted to be a singer. But, you know, I just figured 
maybe I could use this for that. So a friend of mine had a ukulele mm. and she let me borrow it for a week. I practiced uh, this like Lady Gaga song. I made a, like, a jazzy <laughs> cover of this Lady Gaga song. I'm about to actually come up with the cover of it. Ah, and yes. uh, you know, it's, it's very interesting. It was, it was very interesting for me. Like, I, you know, it was, it could have been different, but the reaction to it was great. Okay. You know, after I got off and, you know, went about my day, I just kind of expected things to go back to normal. But people came up to me and, like, really approached me about it and, you know, complimented me. And I was like, well, maybe this could be something I could actually do. Yeah. Because singing-wise, that was like, I don't know. I never really sung like that in, in public. Really? really. No, that, that was, was your first time, Lady Gaga. Yeah. <laughs> When you put it like that, I'm like, <laughs> Lady Gaga's the first time, you know, I'm surprised by myself. I like that. That's bold. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. It was yeah. a great song to cover, too. It's called You and I, and it's, it's okay. pretty, like, it's a pretty different different version that I put together than the, the style that she went about for the song. But, yeah, it just helped me kind of, like, recognize myself and gain a little bit of confidence as a performer. Like, maybe I could actually do this. and ukulele wasn't as hard as i thought it was going to be to pick up you know the okay. dexterity from piano kind of helped um me to be yeah. able to translate so yeah that was my my deal for a little while and i was performing at ant with ukulele and singing and that was my first introduction to really performing as katie for a little bit you know that's before wild. i picked up guitar that's crazy and did the boulevard come then or later later okay cool we'll yeah. get to that then don't no, scoot okay. too far ahead um, and I want to get to your process writing too. I obviously, I would get ready to ask, like, well, how'd you dance jazzed up a little bit? What was your mm -hmm. process? But we'll get to the process a little bit later. Mm -hmm. um, cool. So you went through high school with all that amazing stuff, and you knew you wanted to do music. Yeah. Eventually, you knew you wanted to sing. Right. Okay. So obviously, Lady Gaga, your first time singing, did you take lessons after that? Or did no. you just, this all you? This It's all me. Yeah. I've never taken lessons. I need to take lessons. <laughs> I would like to. Um, the most that I've ever done, you know, one of my cousins that uh, lives out, out west, um, he does vocal lessons. And I've kind of, mm. like, done a little bit with him and a little bit of, like, kind of learning some things about how to position yourself and, like, how to, you know, physically <laughs> sing correctly, yeah, you yeah, know? Vocal cords and all that, yeah. Right, yeah, you know, yeah. stuff like that. It was like, oh, okay, this is how you're supposed to do this. This is a little easier now because now I, you know, approach it a different way. Mm. Um <clears throat> that's that's pretty much yeah that's all i had even with singing now it's like i'm still kind of winging it yeah <laughs> still yeah figuring out that's dope though i mean like i, I you still you're still in the beginning stages i think yeah, you know definitely. what i'm saying it's still kind of you've been doing it for a while but like you know i mean you're gonna progress and enhance your your style right. as you go on which would be super dope um so when did you get into i guess the poetry to the music was in college yeah okay um yeah Maybe a little bit earlier uh, in the sense of like playing ukulele. Okay. So this is like right in between high school and college. I would okay. say like my senior year going into my like freshman, sophomore year of college is when I'm starting to marry some of my older mm. like poems and with um, with melodies that I picked up on okay. ukulele. Yeah. 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 So that's kind of the start of that for sure is trying to figure out how to make a structure of a song and like. See that? Yeah. To me, is difficult. It so, is structuring a song from beginning to bridge, the transition, and all that. Mm -hmm. Was it? And obviously, you say it transitioned pretty well from piano. Yeah. Because obviously, piano is very complex. You know, 
instrument to play. Um, was it a little easy? Was it was it pretty easy to just get the strumming patterns and chords and all that? And it was a little easier, yeah. Then I think it would be like trying to sing and play piano or try to learn how to like create good harmony on piano. Just okay. because it's like, I feel like it's the ambiguity and the options is so, your world is huge. It's mm. almost too big. It's like having too many choices, yeah. you know? And it's like, you don't know what to do. You need some type of direction and you look for inspiration to give you that direction, but you also don't want to bite either. Very true. So it's like kind of finding that thin line that you can kind of, that you walk on, finding your lane essentially. Like, yeah. Like yeah. Just messing around, experimenting until you find it. You Absolutely. Know? And with uh, an instrument, you can experiment to until uh, your fingers fall off. Right. You know what I'm saying? You Which know? is a beautiful thing. It's a yeah. great thing. Yeah. Um, but you mentioned some inspirations. I'm curious. So back then, you know, when you were getting into piano and through middle school, high school, and early college, who were your musical inspirations? You know, back then, I can say I was a little jaded musically. I can't even lie. Yeah. Just because I feel like I didn't know how vast the music world was mm. and how much exploring you really need to do to find the cracks and crevices where all the best music really is, you yeah. know? But, you know, at the time, I was just, what was what was popping, you know? Yeah. It was on the radio. Yeah. I grew up listening to a lot of older music, you know? My parents are a little older than a lot of my friends' parents. So I was listening to, like, <laughs> I was listening to, like, Kim and Anita Baker and, yes. you know, Jeffrey Osborne, LTD, you know, Gap Band, Woo a lot of it James. Okay. My dad was super funk, super, super funk guy. So, that. you know, a lot of Sly and the Family Stone and uh, stuff yeah. like that. Um, <clears throat> and my personal inspirations were so separate from that because I was trying to find myself, you know, so I was really huge on Alicia Keys, you know, and okay. I could identify, obviously, you know, I could Absolutely. identify yes. with a, a black girl up here on stage singing and playing piano, like beautifully and not just like to assist herself vocally, mm. but on her own could really, really play piano Yes, super skillfully. So it's like something so rare for me to see. And a lot of my friends were surprised to see that I could play piano, you know, growing up at mm. such a young age. So Alicia Keys was a huge one for sure. I don't know. I was like listening to a lot of Eminem. Okay, okay, because <laughs> you, you know, do rap too. I do rap. Yeah. I, like I was, I play your songs multiple times you know, since yesterday. You sent me the links and everything. Yeah. Sometimes I know that. And oh my God, yes, you can, you got some, you got some bars. Thank you. So I see the rap influence too. Definitely. Hip hop, which yeah. is super dope. Yeah, hip hop was always a huge, huge thing for me. Even before I really like understood what it was, mm. and, like knew more about it. You know, because there's so much history behind hip hop. I'm still learning, like, Very all the true. time. Which is Very why true. it's one of my favorite things. It's so, it's but. so, it goes so deep. There's that show on uh, Netflix. Um, hip Hop Evolution. Yes. Yes. I mean, I got instantly, I mean, hooked. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. It's so good. It's, it's so good. And that's still scratching the surface. Facts. Like, I, there's so many times where it's like you're going regional. Like, that's why I like that show so much, because it's set up in a regional sense. Yes. You get to see the South, and then you get to see, you know, they go to Texas, and then they go to L.A., and then they go to New York. Like, that's really, really cool to me. But I also felt like because of going through those sections, you still miss a lot underneath. Very true. You know, and I'm, I can only imagine how long it would take to really go deep. So. Oh, my gosh. It's, I mean, I the under, it's, if they could cover the underground, which, yeah. I mean, it was, would be endless. Yeah. I yeah. mean, they could go, they can make a show for years and years oh, and years man. and years. So deep. Even yeah. now, even going to different countries. That was only, yeah. that was only here yeah. for the most part. Yeah. They could have, you know, even go south, Mexico, right. go to Canada, you go to England. They, they could have, 
Hopefully, hopefully they do expand it more because I would love to learn about the different cultures and right. different continents, yeah. you know, when it comes to music. And that's how I kind of like kind of found hip hop because I feel like I was not able to be introduced to a lot of good hip hop through the radio. Mm. You know, as much as like this is like 2008, 2009, so okay. it's nothing but Lil Wayne. <laughs> it's nothing but, don't get me wrong, I love Gucci. I do yeah. love Gucci. Yes, but, shout out to Gucci. You know, he serves his place, for, to me at least. Like, I can't wake up in the morning and, and listen to the, Is you rolling? <laughs> is you rolling? Even though, you That's... know, it's hype. I love it. I love yeah. it. I got it on my phone and everything. But yeah, you know, I needed to kind of find a side of hip hop that I could identify with a little more. So mm -hmm. I started to look underground. I started to. Love that. Look for stuff. I think Tumblr really okay, helped me I was, with that. Thank you for mentioning that. I was going to ask you, because how old are you? I'm 25. You're 25. Yeah. Okay, I'm 30. So I'm thinking that, were you in the LimeWire days? Was yeah. the year around that? Okay, yeah, yeah. I didn't know. Yeah, that was only five years for me. Yeah. Um, but Tumblr was huge. Huge. Yeah, especially for getting those underground artists the, the love they deserve. Yes. You know, it was like, that's how I found so many people. Like, um, Blue and Exile was a huge one for me. Blue... Was a, still it's still a huge inspiration for me, like lyrically and just like flow wise, like and Exile is another one too, another aspect because production, like the mm. production is sick, like it's crazy to hear some of the samples that they use and you know it was very jazzy and soulful and like connects a side of me that I wasn't able to get from your Eminem's and your Gucci names. Absolutely, so absolutely, you know, yeah. It, we grew up, it's, it's a, that was a whole just, that was a whole vibe, Tumblr days, let me tell you, for people who maybe don't know or did not use Tumblr back in the day, but um, for visual art, for especially for music, I mean, just just every everything was on there for a bit. It was so dope. Yeah. Um, did you ever use, uh, were you a MySpace person? Uh, kind of, sort of. Okay, yeah. that was kind of after, yeah, that was also, that used to be great for finding underground yeah. music yeah. oh I found so many indie bands i found so many just different kinds of people on uh myspace but mm -hmm. yeah i mean top 40 and radio stuff is a place for it and that's cool you know but i'm happy that your pandora's exists i'm happy that your spotify yeah. plays i'm so happy that you know back in the day pure volume there's different things uh yeah. kind of brought up underground music and Bandcamp now which yes, is band camp is everything yes yo let me tell y'all if y'all have a Bandcamp account you need you need to have one you're sleeping right now because there's this thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of artists on there just mm -hmm. who are amazing, who yeah. are just underground. And, and you can directly support them, too. That's my favorite part about it. Big facts. Yes. Yeah, because like Bandcamp Fridays, they have it to mm -hmm. where like they the artist gets all the all the funds all and, the and, it's, and it's super dope. So yeah. are, are you, you on Bandcamp yet? I am. Yes. Okay, yes. Okay, perfect. Very likely, though. Yes, yes. <laughs> We're going to get there. But um, anyway, so you use the keys and all that. So you're inspired by those uh, amazing artists that you mentioned. Um so to see Alicia Keys or artists like her just obviously that was that was a, that was a cause she I, I can go for days with Alicia Keys but um I was seeing that was a big deal for you yeah so did you see you potentially being that person kind of later on in life or did you kind of was kind of take your own route um I think I will continue my own route I will say that like um it's so funny I just recently kind of took a deep dive into Alicia Keys' career you know I feel like coming out alicia keys was so um more much more instrumental um i love her tap into the classical mixing classical piano and hip-hop you know i okay. love those marriage that marriage and i feel like that's something that i would definitely take into how i want to go about things but sonically i think i'm just a little bit more electronic yes just a little bit more just because of like how much i how much more i enjoy like 
the sampling hip hop, you know, beat making side of things too. Right. You know, I love right. I love live instrumentation. I love both of them, obviously. I think they both serve a you know special place to me sonically, but okay. I just yeah. Yeah. yeah I feel that <laughs> and producing beat making came is that later on too definitely later on okay yeah. I want to make sure I get everything in, in, in the right order yeah so right now we're at the piano ukulele and in A&T you decided not to do the classical route yeah okay did you change your concentration or did you drop the music from A&T um, I just dropped music, yeah. Okay. I, I switched over to engineering to my okay. own fault. <laughs> <laughs> I should never done <laughs> I don't know who was lying to me. Oh, man. Oh. What made you choose engineering? Well, I think that was like a little bit of pressure from my family. You know, growing up, I was always a science-y kid. You know, mm-hmm. I, loved, I loved getting my hands dirty. I loved messing with things and tinkering you know that was a big fun for me and i got into robotics when i was in high school that's dope so it was like i was doing really well too i started to win some competitions with teams and stuff and i think that my parents saw the you know possibility but not really the reality (laughs) because okay as much as robotics is a really cool field to get into there's obviously a lot of dues that you have to pay before you can get to the point where you're actually touching the robot i didn't think about that so you know um calculus 2 physics 2 all of these things (sighs) beat my butt so quick you know it was like i just yeah this is not the life for me (laughs) i I did okay you know because i'm 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 a pretty studious duteous person but at the same time, you know, it was hard. It was yeah. so, so hard. And, like, something in me always says, like, if it, if it comes to you in this, if it's so hard for you to really, like, put yourself head first into it, then it can't really be for you, yeah. you know? If you have to pull teeth within yourself just to sit down and study, it's like, you clearly, this ain't your it's life. It's not your thing. If you're no. not excited about it, you shouldn't just put it down. Exactly, you yeah. know? So at that point, that's when I uh, switched over to graphic design dope okay yes that's what i finished out with um i was living when i was in uh one of the dorms on campus my roommate's boyfriend was in the graphic design department okay and he just came over one day and we were all talking and chilling or whatever and he had seen this collage that i made and he was like this is really dope like do you ever think about doing graphic design i didn't even know what that was (laughs) first thing i do i i mean i had an idea but like you don't know how large graphic design is until you like look into it. It's yes. huge. It's everywhere. Massive. Anything that you touch has design. On All it. of it's graphic design. Everything. Everything. This remote. This glass. Graphic design. This graphic microphone. Design. Anyway, so yeah, I just like wow, like that felt really integrated to me, and it felt like the world was my oyster, you know. And then also looking into it, how many things that I thought would have been cool for me to be able to do. I was always into visual art, but you know, yeah, that kind of yeah. was like my next step into stepping into more of what I felt like would be enjoyable for me. And I loved it. It was amazing. That's so dope. And I would say it clicked when you transitioned to it, got in the classes and everything. Yeah, and yeah. it was like, boom, this oh, is it. Yeah, this is this is it for me. I was yeah. excited about homework, you know? That's so dope. Yeah. And we won't get into that on a different podcast, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But I'm very excited to talk about that. So we got to get back together very soon. Um, so that's cool. So did you, when you dropped all that and changed your... Uh, major and everything did you the music kind of go with there did you kind of keep on playing I kept playing yeah I definitely kept playing I think that being in that in that um, major made me want to make my own music even Mm, more okay because like you my professors were way tougher on me than (laughs) Miss Battle was okay (laughs) woo 
Oh, Dr. Alexander, I hope you hear this one day. Yes, please. <laughs> he was rough. He was rough. And he, you know, he wasn't mean or anything. It was just, you know, he was real with you. He would stop you when you were like, you know, eyes closed, going off, you know, having like your moment. And it's like, uh-uh, uh mm, mm. Mm. You know, it's so by the book that, you know, that style of music, um, classical music is so by the book, so by the sheet music, so by the paper that it's like, you're not supposed to deviate. You're not supposed to express. You're not supposed to get lost. You're mm. not supposed to change it or tweak it a little bit to make it sound like you. That's not what it is. It's not supposed to sound like you. Right. It's supposed to sound like what was put on this sheet of paper. It's like math, you know? It feels like, yeah, it felt like I couldn't really be myself in it at all. And I, I don't know, it, it, it kind of put a bad taste in my mouth. And that's why to this day, I'm not the best for sheet music or, you know, reading music. But Golly, um, yeah, <clears throat> we at this. Woo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to get better at that now because I do think that reading music can be valuable to like expression. Once you learn what you're doing, Very you true. can maybe tap into it a little easier. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, in that in that capacity, it just didn't feel like it was made for me. So after I kind of like left that, I was just trying to find myself. I was like, well, you know. Chopin made this beautiful piece of music, you know, from scratch. I'm sure as he made it, he wasn't thinking about the rests and the time signature yes. and the key structure and things like that. As he was making it, sure, maybe after, but in the process, no. So I'm thinking, like, how can I figure out what my process is, you know, yeah. what that looks like? So I think coming out of that, I was just, like, trying to figure out how can I um, approach creating a career what are the first steps of creating career or creating like my own style of music? Okay. Now it's just me experimenting at that point, you know, just that's, messing around. That's dope why you kind of let the classes go and it kind of opened your mind up a little bit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I've, I've heard that from a lot of musicians who did study music in school. Yeah. Very similar experiences and it's grueling. I mean, oh my gosh. Like yeah. I remember I actually um, had a lot of friends in the music program at UNCG. Mm. A lot of them did finish, but a lot of them were like, I can't. can't I can't do, do this. Yeah. This is killing my passion. It's yeah. not fun anymore. Right. Which is devastating to hear. So I I I don't have experience myself, but I know I know I know what you mean. Yeah. From yeah. other friends' experiences. The burnout is real. But I'm very happy that you kinda said, No, I'm not gonna do it this way. I'm gonna find my own path. Yeah. So what did that experimenting look like? Did you when you put up a guitar? Is that when what did, what was the path after you? Um, I think that that was still kind of like diving a little bit more into learning how to structure songs from scratch, Okay. you know, cause I, at that point I was really doing a lot of like, okay, well I played this little ditty on my ukulele. It would probably sound really nice up against this poem. I just searched through my poems yes. and I connected, okay. you know, which was a little bit easier than it would be to like sit down in a, in a silent room and just like create something. Yeah. You know, so I feel like that was my next challenge was trying to figure out how to just create something freely, like, you know, had a mood in my mind, had an idea in my mind, and then turn it into a song. Okay. So just messing around after that point, you know, guitar came a little bit later, but okay. Okay. while I was in ukulele, that was me trying to figure that out. You know? That's mad dope. And had you performed in between the Lady Gaga talent thing and between that now and that in this point have you performed yes. any open mics or anything yes okay so you're doing open mic stuff mm -hmm. definitely Perfect. like stuff like mostly stuff around ant yeah yeah, yeah. it's definitely like kind of like some open mic events at ant you know we would have 
poetry cafes and things like that, That's you know, cool. on campus. And I would play at those. Um, <clears throat> and then eventually I started to get noticed and I started to do larger scale shows that were like, you know, Auntie is, Auntie, it can be like, like a black church sometimes, yeah, you know, you, y'all have like, you know, your little con- your congregation comes together <laughs> on Friday night for a little get together. And yes. so-and-so plays some music and so-and-so cooks some dinner. <laughs> you know what yes. I mean? Like, it's like that, you know? I, I played at a couple of events like that, you know? That's dope. Yeah, so that got my feet wet when it came to, like, performing my music and, like, introducing my music to people, too. Yeah. That was definitely a little daunting, but it was it was good to get get the experience in before I started to really make heavier music that meant more to me, you big, know? Big, hey, fair. So, what, man? So, I'm trying to think. When artists, I'm always curious of, because I was very vulnerable with the music that you wrote. Yeah. How was your experiences doing that in front of an audience for the first time of your own? Like, where were you feeling? You know, yeah. where were you really feeling getting up on that stage and like performing? Yeah, I love that question. I don't, it was tough, especially because, you know, earlier on in my writing, most of my poems, like, you know, once I started to get into heavier relationships, they became like Taylor Swift, you know? They became about my relationships. Hey, that's it, though. That's you good. know, the songs were great. Don't get me wrong. Like, the songs were good, but it became really hard to perform them because, mm. like, not only is it an emotional toll, but, like, to be candid, that guy could be right there sitting in the front. Okay. You fair. know? Or yes. in the crowd or somebody that knows them in the crowd. You know, Auntie is a small world, so it's like it wouldn't be hard for somebody to know what I was singing about. Exactly. So yes. then I was just thinking, like, how can I... That poses another challenge. Like, how can I figure out how to create songs that are about my personal life that other people can connect to, mm-hmm. you know, without being cryptic or without just talking about a relationship? Yeah. Because everybody can relate to, like, that guy cheated on me or, you know... <laughs> that guy lied to me or whatever you know like people can relate to that because of personal experience but you know it's a little harder to get into other subject matter yeah um yeah absolutely yeah and uh obviously yes that can be a release doing yeah. that live too you yeah. know what i'm saying if you do see that guy in a crowd like yeah this is about you this is about you this is about you. Right at you you know what yeah. I'll, i'm glad you mentioned taylor swift i wasn't i can't say i'm the hugest fan of taylor swift but i do respect that she does that yeah. very Boldly. Uh, boldly. Yeah. Very unashamed. Yeah. You know, she kind of re-released some records because she, I guess, because she's doing it solo now or mm-hmm. she redid some records, uh, uh, whatever. And she put some music video- videos out of, yeah. I didn't know she dated that many people. Yeah. My roommate was like, <laughs> you know, she's dated like everyone you can think of she's dated. Really? And, um, I love that she was just so unashamed and apologetic yeah. and just like, nah, this is about you. You right. just fucked up. Exactly. You, know, you hurt my feeling. You hurt me. You and that's only saying? fair, you know? Yeah. You made your bed lying in it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. I know it's different than, you know, singing cover songs. Yeah. It's easy. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But when you put yourself out there, it can be kind of hard. So yeah. that's cool. That's dope. So obviously the reception of it was good. Mm-hmm. People that's were like, good. oh, that's dope. Okay. Okay. You see you doing your thing. Okay. I was like, all right, cool. Um, Obviously, that made you want to do it more. Mm-hmm. So you did more open mics. Yes. Made you just go. To, did, when did Artist Block come in? Mm, Artist Block. Ooh, when did Artist no, Block come wrong. in? Artist Block came in maybe like my sophomore year. Okay. At this point, I had my guitar. Oh, so you had a guitar playing. at that point. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. I'm like ninety five percent sure. I might have played like once at Artist Block with the ukulele because I had somebody recently like 
bring that up. But I was like, did I? I don't even remember. <laughs> You've done so many shows. I smoked too much. Yeah, like that too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, yeah, I think I might have like played a couple of shows there um, on ukulele before I switched over. Okay. You know? yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when do you when do you switch over? Are you completely you don't do ukulele anymore at all? Do you? Not really. No. Oh, just, just drink guitar Not really. now. I, I play it for fun. I okay. would say yeah. But if I was like going out somewhere and I wanted something that was easier to take with me, yes. I would bring my ukulele. You know. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So yes, when did you when when did the, the, the guitar come into play and yeah. uh, and why? Well, I think that after a certain number of years playing ukulele, it felt pretty limiting you know it's not okay it's not you don't get but like i don't know <laughs> the little, the little instrument, it's tiny you know? you know you don't have much um room to do a lot yeah. you know and i usually take typically stay towards the end because i think sonically i liked heavier deeper sounds okay you know like and at this point i'm listening to like Thundercat and Hiatus Coyote and I mean I was younger listening to Little Dragon and stuff too but yes Little Dragon, Little Dragon. was huge it's, they're my favorite band now I love Yukimi Nagano amazing please. please I didn't know sidetrack yeah. good one I was took a deep dive on Little Dragon because I love Little Dragon too so I didn't know how far they actually went back oh yeah Oh my god, early two yeah. thousands. Yes. I had no clue. And honestly, like I've been listening since that first album. Have you? Since their self titled album. That's... I've followed their their whole everything. All the way into like last year, this last album or last album that came out. And pretty consistent. Oh yeah. Like every two years. I'm just like, brother's music is either, oh. either it's on par, it's better and better. Yes. Like... I love the like growth of them too. You yes. know, they're sonically they change. But they still give you that familiarity. Like you could still play a song from the first album and play it up against the last one, and mm. they'll they'll hit just as hard. Just like, Bruh. You know? Yeah, I love them. I love them so much. That's so dope. Okay, so yeah, Little Dragon. You want you want that deeper and I guess more bolder sound. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. And I feel like ukulele was keeping me from being able to really attack that. Mm. Plus, I also felt like you know if something happened. Who gonna take me seriously with this little ukulele up here on stage? Who gonna take me seriously for real? Roll up, I'm like, what's she doing? Come on now, come on. So like, um, I just felt like I needed to challenge myself, and um, at the time, I think I was really inspired. I, I got a little more into rock at this time too. So love that, love that. I'm listening to a lot of Radiohead and mm. Nirvana. Legend. Yes. You know, yeah. Like this, this is a little bit getting a little edgier at this yes. time, and I think like. I actually was super into jazz too. That's all Ooh, over the place. Okay, yeah, you still wear your way around you it. Know. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, jazz started to get a little bit more serious to me, and I was listening to trying to find newer jazz artists that were younger. You mm -hmm. know, I felt like every time I listened to jazz, it was like some dude from the fifties. Yep. Don't get me wrong, John Coltrane, you know, Miles Davis, Ahmad Jamal. Legends. I need y'all. Yeah. But at the same time, um, I really connected to Esperanza Spalding. Okay. Yes. Because Fellow black girl, huge afro, yes. so fly, you know, just the coolest to look at and see. And just, I was marveling at her for a long time. You know, I was just super inspired by her. So I picked up the bass first, actually. Bass was first. Yes, yes. Okay. Okay. I spent a summer in LA with my cousins and was back and forth to all kind of like record stores and music stores. And I went to Sam Ash one time and they had this beautiful white bass that I named White Boy. <laughs> and, and I was like, I want to like, 
I want to get my hands dirty with this. I want to see how how it felt, and it was it was so fun to play. Like bass mm. is so fun. It's yes. so like it's just sonically, it's just a fun instrument to hear. Like you know, you just hit a little room, and that's not hard like, to mm, hit. You know, yeah, you know it's just like saying? you feel it yeah. in your chest, you feel it in your soul. Facts. It's like a fun, fun thing to do. But when it came to playing bass and singing at the same time, Oof. that is not easy. <laughs> <laughs> I do not know how she does that. It's so hard. I was low-key like, okay, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> like, especially in a live sense, because I get, you know, you get nervous and those nerves, to me at least, they come into the actual playing process sometimes. Mm, okay. So, you know, I was like, I'm learning this new instrument, how I'm going to perform this and sing live. All these factors together might not work so well. So I'm playing bass for a little while. Eventually, I just was like, you know what? I think I'm just going to get a guitar. So okay. I got a guitar. Yeah. At this point, I have guitar and bass. And I just kind of am messing around with both of them, you know, learning new things, trying to um, translate my songs from ukulele over to guitar. Yes. Okay. Which introduced me to a lot more chords and like structures and things. So... Yeah, at this point, I'm also starting to study more like Brazilian music. I'm getting into Bossa Nova. Ooh, dope. Like, yes. You know, Sergio Mendes is a really, really big guy for me. Yes. So I'm really learning this style um, of Bossa Nova. So that's where one of my first songs comes out that I never released. It's called Run. I know. I know. No, I know. I understand. I definitely understand. Like, you're good. You're good. When you asked me where my music was, I was like, ooh, where is my music, it's Daniel? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's still on those hard drives in my, in my closet somewhere. I don't know. Tucked underneath my bed, you know, like Mr. Krabs under the mattress. Yep, I get it. Um, yeah. but yeah, I think yeah, I started to kind of like study a little bit more of that, and I I picked up that style of of playing the bossa nova style of playing, and um, <clears throat> that's what like really helped me to learn guitar. I think because okay. it's such a loose like I think it's a loose style of guitar, so it gives a lot of room for error. Yeah, very free, <laughs> very know? free guitar wise. I understand. Yeah. I see that. Yeah, versus like a more acoustic style where you have to hold those chords, mm. you know, throughout the throughout the song. Um, so bossa nova was loose enough for me to kind of like mess up a little bit and then fix myself. Right. So yeah. I yeah. think um, that was a big starter for me. And at that point, it was kind of all she wrote. I kept kept writing more music, kept trying to challenge myself to learn more on guitar you know learning songs help me too covering songs very true help me learn a lot too so absolutely yeah. what were you covering the most do you think when you first started out mm. that kind of kareem bailey ray Ooh, i love kareem bailey okay. ray okay um it was big to my mom when i was a kid so i wanted to learn like a star Ooh, to sing that's for my mom. dope yeah. for mama yeah yeah yes i still plan to do that for her sometime but um yeah definitely kareem bailey ray i'm trying to think of like Hmm. At that point, not too much. Honestly, not too much. Okay. Not too okay. many covers. I feel like I'm really just trying to experiment and learn at that point. That's know? dope. Yeah. That's dope. So where'd you get your first one? Your first guitar? Um, it was used from Guitar Center. You yes. know, I feel like it was yes. like a hundred dollars because I didn't have a lot of money That's at the all time. You need. So I just made it work. You know. That's what's it's up. One of those like Starburst, um, classic. Uh, I think it was a it was a Gibson guitar. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah it was pretty nice. For That's what I dope. Got. Yeah. For what I got. But first, yeah, first first instruments are so special. I still remember mine. Yeah. 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 It was, it was nice. It, was, it served its purpose for sure. I still have white boy now. 
Oh, you, you still know? got the bass? Oh, yeah. The bass ain't going away. I'm going to keep that bass forever. I yes. Like that, like... You said you brought that from L.A.? Yeah, That's I did. So cool. I still have the airplane ticket on my guitar case. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> For memory's sake. What year was L.A.? <clears throat> mm. That had to have been maybe like 15. Okay. I'm curious. I'm, I'm always curious people's take on L.A. Did, were you pretty inspired there musically? Like, would you... Mm, kind of, sort of. Okay. I don't think yeah. I got to really get my hands dirty in the music world in L.A., you know? Okay. I was kind of... Where I was staying, you know, with my cousins, I didn't have a lot of movement. I couldn't mm. really, like, I couldn't didn't have a car or anything. You need to have a car in L.A. too. Yes, unfortunately. I, learned that. I learned that the hard way. <laughs> yes. Was, uh, yeah. That was, that was a lot, a lot. And, you know, I, I had that summer, I was interning there. Um, doing design for a company. And oh, dude! Yeah, it was great. But I had to take uh, two buses and a train to get there. To get to work yes, every day? Every day. There and back, you know. But Oh, man. Definitely, like, musically, I think that really got to me. My internship was right down the street from Amoeba Music. Oh, yes. Like, a block. Yes. And I was a fan, fan, fan of Amoeba Music, like, like when it, I don't know, maybe in like high school, I would say, yeah, or a little bit older. But I was watching those videos like crazy. Like, and in the, the shop, yeah, they did live shows in there. Yes, and they did the live shows in there. So I saw a lot of like crazy artists, you know. Yes. And it was really dope to just be in the space, like just like Thundercat stood here, and I'm standing right where Thundercat was, you know. It just felt like such a cool experience to be in, and like that summer was a big change for me. I was going there every day after my internship religiously, so much so that the the store manager or the store owner somebody that worked there he was just like you come here every day don't you and this is my last day actually he came up to me and he was like then you come here every day yeah i was like yeah i just i love this place i love the vibe of it i never run out of stuff to look at it's very true you got movies and all kind of stuff everything everything you can think of Whew. you know i spent so much money that summer <laughs> A lot of I came back with a lot of records yeah i came back with a lot of really legendary records um but yeah, that the manager came up to me and he was just really nice and he gave me two t-shirts oh, and a tote bag. And I still wear them and I still rock them. My music tote bag is is beat to shit, but, but. it's it served its purpose, you know. It was really like that was really a great summer for me. The memories. Know? Oh my gosh, you know, I got to go there because I didn't even move locations mm. um since because I was there in 2017. Okay. I went to Amoeba. A huge bucket list for me. I was oh, yeah. like, I've always been to go to this place. I was just, you're right. When you walk in there, you're just like, oh Whoa. my God. Whoa. Like sensory overload. He's like, where do I start? I don't even know where to start. I was uh, like, I'm just going to go right to the corner. Like, <laughs> you were living there. So like, you know, I'll come here tomorrow. Exactly. That stay here. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's overload. It is overload, but yeah. it's a beautiful place. It's such rich in culture and mm -hmm. history. Yeah, you know when I heard it was moving, I thought they were closing. I was like, "There's no way it's closing," but it just moved to a different location yeah. in, in L.A. But um, man, I'm so happy you missed Amoeba. I yeah. mentioned Amoeba, man. That was a cool place. So cool. So many characters around there. You know, I first saw my first pimp in person. Oh my all gosh! <laughs> all all mint green suit with mint green gators. I was like, where do you even get mint green gators? Where? From? Don't worry about it. Somewhere in L.A. I got them in L.A. You know what? I do want to go back there one day to give it another chance. I wasn't yeah. too impressed, but I know that the, I know that if I go back another time with different group of people, it would probably yeah, it'd probably yeah. it probably be dope. It's a cool spot. Yeah, I, I can't say I'd live there. You know, it's, mm. it's, it's not it's not for me. No. But living, you know, visiting. 
I'll come by. Absolutely. I'm you got your base from there, so that's super dope. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so you came back, and you're doing, uh, you get your guitar now. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's super dope. So did you ever really try to do theory, or do you do theory now? Do you, like, self-taught or YouTube or anything? I'm currently kind of diving back into theory. Okay. You know, went to McKay's, got a big music theory uh, book dope. and a notebook. You know, do it the old school way. You know, and I just kind of, like... I just want to know it so I can use it. I want to use it as a tool. You yes. know, as much as it, to me, it's always been like turning music into math. You know, at the same time, it's like, how can you use all the chords in the spectrum if you don't know them all? Yes. You know? So I'm kind of like trying to connect it to the sonics. Like, okay, here's A flat. Here's what it looks like. Here's what it sounds like. Right. Put it all three together in my brain. That's what I'm working on right now. Wow. Yes. yes, yes, yes. I was a little in the future there, but we're going back. Because um, obviously I'm curious, and you graduated from ENT when? Uh, 2018, December. 2018, okay. So at that point, you've been playing guitar for? At least like two years. Two, three, okay, two, three two, years. Two, two, three years. Yeah. Um, how was it, now I'm going to your, your process of you playing music and uh, getting those chords and, right, and recording. Yeah. You were you recording back then too, right? Yeah, yeah. Were you recording by yourself, or did you have someone that was working with you? Um, at this point, um, I was doing some stuff with some friends. I was, I started to get into like collectives, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, because <clears throat> Ante, you know, it's musician central, or just Freaking everything everywhere. central. Yeah, you know, Jesus. but yeah, music was everywhere, <laughs> and everybody wanted to be a rapper. Everybody wanted to be, you know, something yeah. involving music. Everybody wanted to be a singer. So I was in this this group called Street Class. <laughs> okay okay tell us about oh, that so funny to talk about this okay Street so class. this guy uh tay um i think he goes by social now that's his name okay um tay was a very interesting character and i'll let him hear you know if he hears this i don't feel ashamed tay okay um but tay, uh, oh, tay. tay was uh, yeah tay was very interesting and I, I feel like he had a very clear vision of what he wanted he wanted to kind of get a group of musicians together that musicians and artists together that could collaborate individually and together you know so everybody had their own persona personality it wasn't technically like a group group you know it wasn't like a band okay it was a a collective of people just collabing collabing yeah okay yeah yeah you know i guess that's kind of what a collective is essentially but yeah yeah, you know everybody has their own entity but then they get to collab with other people under the bridge term of of street class okay that's dope so that's kind of like my first experience with recording you know, right. that was like my first time. So like Devin, Deviant Sounds was actually <laughs> the first person to record me, you know, um, back in his dorm. And yes, I love dorm stories. Yes. yes. It's so it's just so crazy to think about. Like he had this little record on and off sign out, out, out <laughs> front of his door. So you turn it on, you see the light, you know, don't come in, be quiet, whatever, because yes. we're recording right now. That's dope. Um, so yeah, we recorded this song. And at the time I was like going by Luna because I couldn't figure out what I wanted to call myself. Okay. okay. Um, <clears throat> or Luna Leah because Leah is my middle name. It's just, it was weird. I was trying to figure myself out like a lot at this time. And I think I was in a weird place um, to where I couldn't, I think I was letting a lot of people speak for me, I would Mm. say. And like, you know, a lot of people weren't used to my sound either. Mm -hmm. Like they, now it seems that there's a lot more female vocalists with the deeper register. But I think at the time you're used to your Beyonce's and your Rihanna's and people that are hitting these high, high notes. And it's so, it's so impressive to hear this high note. 
that they don't realize that it's just as hard to hit the low end. About to say. You know? Yes. So, especially as a, sing- a, a female vocalist, it's, it's harder to hit the low end. So, <clears throat> you know, I think at the time, I kind of let a lot of people take my sound and try to figure out what they wanted to do with it. Mm. And, like, I kind of got moved around a lot in the case of, like, people trying to figure out what to do with me. You know, mm, like, okay. I had a, a little bit of a problem with, like, running in with, with producers. I think I started to get a bad taste in my mouth with working with producers because they kept, like, putting weird effects and sounds and on stuff vo- on, on my voice. voice. Yeah. yeah, and I was just like, not to say that I don't think that, like, reverb and certain sounds have their, serve their purpose. They do. But I'm just kind of like, not everything needs to sound like this. And at a certain point, are you really listening to me for me or, or you know, yeah. whatever you think that you can turn this into? It's just like, I wanted to know what I sounded like, raw, yeah. real, uncut, on the track, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think um, at that certain, at that point, I started to branch off and try to figure out how to do it myself. And I started to buy equipment at that point. Ah. That's when I'm like, you know, putting some money in, buying a mic, buying a beat pad, buying, you know... An interface, yeah. you know, looking yeah. towards the software, trying to learn about how can I do this myself, because I don't know what y'all are doing. I'm just gonna figure this out myself. <laughs> exactly. And we, oh my gosh, now there's a, there's a whole new world there. Yeah, exactly. So how was it transitioning into learning all that stuff? Was it pretty difficult? I mean, obviously, obviously was, you're already music inclined. It was pretty difficult. Yeah. Learning yeah, your, your software. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're so used to performance. That's you know, I grew up on performance. Piano was all like the recital. It was all about the. The, the jury is all about the um, audition <clears throat> versus the track, you know, and I feel like the track is it's different because you have room to edit, you know, you can't edit a performance. You have room to options to do whatever you can make this sound like however you want it to. Yeah. It could sound like I'm singing out of a shoebox or it could sound like I'm singing <laughs> on top of a mountain. I could do absolutely anything, you yeah. know? So I feel like that kind of opened me up a little bit to a lot, you know, a lot of options and a lot of creativity, but it also kind of scared me, I think. I bought the equipment and didn't use it for at least a year and a half. No way. Yeah, I, yeah. Think it, I think it intimidated me a little bit in the sense of like actually attacking it and like making music from scratch that was all me. I think that made me afraid of like, what are people going to think of this? Like, I mm. can't kind of like put it off on the producer, put it off on the, the, all the mixing or whatever. It's like, no, nah, this is all me, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. I can't say I really delve into it until I got a little older and I, I joined my band, actually, I would say. Okay, yeah. so the band came in. Okay, awesome. So in that year and a half, you just kind of stuck to the guitar mm-hmm. and just kind of, it's kind of what you knew. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Guitar you know, and performing, you know. I would say entering the unknown, it's, it's weird. I feel like it's easier to enter the unknown when you're younger. Mm-hmm. Because when you're older, it's a lot more just... I'm more risk involved sometimes yeah. when you enter the unknown and learn something new. Then it's like, ah, oh, I know the music thing. I'm comfortable playing live. I can do yeah. this. Yeah. I want to branch off into that because I don't know how good I'm going to be. I, I totally get that. That's mm-hmm. rough. So what kind of, so you, the band forms yes. before you got into this producing thing. Right. Yeah. So how did the band form? Oh, I love this story. Yes. Okay. Yes. So Earth Tones or Earth Tones 365. We, uh, yes. we, uh, all knew each other. I felt like it was faded. I'm like, what horror movie am I in? This is faded from the beginning. Yes, yes, Um, yes, yes. But yeah, it's like, um, 
all of us knew each other in different capacities. Yeah. So there was like a total of like six of us that were solid here in the band at the beginning. So it's me, Devin, Debian Sounds. Yes. Uh, Sean, who goes by Tango now. Uh, oh, Tango is he in Chicago? Yeah, in Chicago. Oh, I know Sean. him. Yes, yes, I know him. Yes. yes, I knew you would. <laughs> um, you probably know Dre too. Sup, Dele. He um, is in Delaware now, but I don't he... know Dre that. Okay. 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 Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's uh, Sean, Devin, Dre, me, um, Shannon. Dope. Um, Shannon was also playing guitar, and Kalen, who was playing bass. He's in okay. Kansas City now. And that was pretty much the group of us. Dope, dope. So, starting out, um, everybody, like I said, knew everybody separately. So, it's kind of like the capacity started to kind of come closer, which was so interesting to look back on. Because it was like, over the years, I feel like I started to get to know more people that were closer to Devin. And then, I started to get to know more people that were closer to Dre. And it was just like inching, inching closer for uh, me to actually meet these people. Yes. So, it was funny to look back because Kaylin lived in the same dorm with me freshman year, like two floors down, you know? And Dre, I would see Dre around all the time. He was just a really friendly dude, so he would always wave at me and always speak, you know, but I didn't know him, you know? Yeah. It's just like, hey, what's up? You know, just just speaking, just be kind, you know, just be nice. Devin, I knew through street class and because he, you know, recorded me that one time, but I didn't know him super well. I just had a lot of friends that knew him. Sean actually is from Raleigh too. Okay. So we went to middle school together. Yes. Oh wow. <laughs> so I had been known Sean. Yeah, I'd That's known Sean true. for a long time. But okay. We weren't okay. like friends, friends. We just kind of knew of each other. Yeah. yeah. Or he'll kind of like he always says, ah, "We were friends, but you pretend like you don't know me all the time." <laughs> no lord. Oh, no, yeah. So I'm like Sean. I swear. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> we we were, were like basically we were became besties over the years, you know. Um, and uh, Kaylin. Yeah, I guess, Kaylin, we, we just kind of knew each other from, you know, groups of everybody. And Shannon, I think, I met through them, really. Okay. Um, so, Devin and Dre have become friends over the years, um, I think, through music, probably. And <clears throat> they wanted to get... Originally, the idea was to get a group of producers, like, to create a collective of producers, which ended up happening. But, okay. you know, he got... Instead of that, I guess, he decided to call up all the musical people that he kind of knew. Like, he was just like, I'm just going to call all of the slightly musical people, like, this girl sings sometimes, and this girl does this, and this guy does this, you know? And we all came together at Dre's house in, in Campus Green. And at this time, we're all living in Campus Green, too. So we all live in the neighborhood. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so we get together for this big jam session. And it's a lot of us. It's more than just the group. It's It's, it's like, maybe like, 10 of us here 10 or 12 of us here and we're just all jamming out and i think in that in that moment we created this song that we call etog or like earth tones original like etog yes um we just created this little tune that was just like really really like just kind of touched you a little bit at least it touched us i felt like it was a really like smooth, soulful like type of song, and it kind of created the framework for our sound entirely. Ooh, you know? I like that. So after this day, I think everybody had the itch. It was just like everybody was like, "That was really good," you yeah. know? Like that was like something. It felt more than just like, "Oh, we'll just get together and have a jam session." Like it really felt like something came out of it. Something really authentic and real came out of it. So we started getting back together 
And like in in a slightly, slightly, slightly shady way, we eventually kind of like came became smaller as a group. Okay. You know, like we kind of like, um, what's the word? Consolidated on no. how many people were in the group or whatever. Um, and Sean at the time wasn't really playing with us. He was more so mixing and mastering. Okay. And we also had our friend Nick Hall, um, Clef, he goes by Clef, um, who <clears throat> helped us mix and master and record and everything as we were doing our jam sessions to help us get down our ideas. So at that point, we're meeting up like all the time. We start to like really become close and really get so like lost in what we can do like just like what can we make today what can we do tomorrow you know Ooh, like, like we're over at dre's house till four in the morning oh playing yeah all night yeah. not doing no homework <laughs> everybody's grades were trash that semester. like that first semester we got together everybody's grades were trash oh and my i'm God. like you know what we gonna do y'all we can't just like <laughs> we can't just keep playing in the house or we can't just keep like you know doing this this way and dre is a pretty He's still a really popular guy. Um, he was super popular at A&T. So I feel like people would just come by his house all the time. Oh, yeah. And stop by, so yeah. they would start sitting and like listening to us play. And they got to know us that way. Ooh, and I think that, that created the hearsay about Earth Tones as a band. Um, <clears throat> I started getting little shows. You know, we, we knew a lot of people. And I would say, me too, like I started to create a a good connection with artist blog and the people through them and mm. i did a couple shows solo before i met earth tones like with the earth girls festival through like viva viva got mad love through him mm. a couple other like um different um hosting people that are hosting events started to get to know them so they would call hit me up to like perform and at this point i'm with the band so i'm like y'all want to come perform with me you know oh, let's 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 do a show you know let's do a show together so it started out with them doing a show under quote unquote like under the katie boulevard name yeah. you know katie boulevard and earth tones or whatever then i'm just like i don't need you know, no. i don't need it you can put you know, let's call it earth tones yeah, this is it's, us. us you know so we started to book shows as earth tones separately from that you know and get a little bit of a a name in the streets i think okay the main the main a precursor for that was when we started to do the house shows at UNCG. Mm. The, that ooh, that was a great time in life. I miss it so much. Man. Like pink house. Um, oh man, yes. All these houses, like it was really, really cool. So we got invited out to do a couple of those shows, um, and it was just, it was great. It was super great. We got great turnout, great love, you know. And I think that's what really got our name out because I think people at UNCG. We're a little bit more open-minded to different styles of music. I would say so. Yeah. Yes. You know, yeah. you go to these house shows and you got a metal band and then you got us playing right after. Like, Bruh, it was like It's all love. It is all love. And and we would get just as much love as the, as the opposite side, opposite yeah. side of the spectrum, which is, that's what I need. That's, that's what life should be, you know? Man, that's dope. It was great, you know? Um, I, I would say we started to record um, a little bit later on and... The coolest thing about Earth Tones was that we weren't just musicians. We were all producers, too. Ooh, that's Everybody dope. was a producer. Fire. Everybody made beats, you know, except for except for Shannon, I will say. And over the time, Shannon got really, like, like busy with school. And um, I mm. think she graduated. So she had to, she's from Virginia, so she had to leave. And, oh, yeah. You know, Shannon was amazing, though. Like, Shannon's a great guitarist. I learned so much from her um, at the beginning stages of things. So at this point, we kind of consolidated even further, and it's just the five of us now. Okay. As the face, it's the four of us, like me, Kaylin, Dre, 
and Devin mm-hmm. as earth tones and yeah. then Sean and it was like you know and sometimes why Sean, <laughs> sometimes Sean yeah you know yeah. and Sean would come in and he played sax too so he would back us Ooh, on some that's homes, fire you know which was so dope and he could play synths and come in and do stuff like that so we were really like a multi-dimensional type of group like you know as much as our sound could be all instrumentation it could also be all electronic beats yeah. you know so yeah. you it was a mixed bag what you were going to get from us for the most part so we wanted to work on a project. We started to work on a project. It's called Pangea. Okay. Um, and we released it on Bandcamp and SoundCloud. And it's still up there now. Ooh, am I the crank? Yes. Yes. yes, it's great. I love, I love Pangea because it's got some little vocal skits in the middle of like the band, you know, oh, doing all kind of goofy stuff, you know, having lit. fun together and stuff. But yeah, Pangea was a mix of the, of the more electronic stuff and the orchestra instrumentation heavy tracks yeah. you know so we had a couple tracks where it's like songs that i created on guitar years ago and then i brought to the band and then we made it a full song oh, so i have man. a song called better um better was one of my original songs and i just brought it to them and we just kind of revamped it and put it out for the put it out on pangea but then there's a couple of songs that are just beats like that it's no vocals at all it's just, just beats, beats. It's and it'll be like dre's beat you know kaylin's beat Katie's beat, you know, Ooh, it was so dope. I love that structure because so it's freedom. It's so free. It was so so free. We could kind of just like, oh well, that sounds dope. That should go on the tape, you yeah, know. Let's put it on there. Exactly. So um, from Earth Tones, Earth Tones kept going. You know, we kept doing things. But I think that the original idea that Dre and Devin had was more so heavy to them in their hearts, mm. and they felt some type of discontent from not having the producer heavy. Um, collective that they wanted to make. Gotcha. So through Earth Tones and adding some friends, we created Metronome. And Metronome was the okay. beatmaker collective that had everybody that was in Earth Tones. Oh my God. Adding on with this guy named Kristen, adding on with a couple other beatmakers that yeah. would play with us. And we had monthly shows at Common Grounds. Oh man, I had to miss that. That's uh, so dope. It was beautiful. I feel like we didn't get, um, we didn't stay at it to really, really promote as well as we should have. Okay. Okay. And you know, I was doing all all the visual stuff, like all the the logo was created by me, all, all the you. flyers were created by me, and everything. But I was so much more visual as much now as I am a little bit more marketing. Okay. So now I think I know more about how to market, you know, these events to get them out there. But at the time, I feel like it was just our friends, you know, it was our friends that knew about us and, you know, the the regular common ground goers that yeah. started to get to know us. And since we were consistently like the second weekend of every month, people started to, you know, look out for it and we got a little bit more traction that way. But yeah, Metronome um, was really cool. It served its purpose for, I guess I would say maybe almost two years where we were performing and having uh, other artists come from different places. We connected with other um, beat maker collectives. So there's like Vacation Pay and Charlotte, and then you got Strictly mm. Social that's also here. Um, you know, you got Roundhouse that's in Durham, you know? Yes, yeah. We started to collaborate with other artists from those collectives. So, you know, we got Accent from Vacation Pay and Fields from Vacation Pay, and then Mr. from Strictly Social, or us, uh, Christian, Chris, CT Sums from Strictly Social. Oh, yes, I love that collective. You know, um, so yeah, fun. Roundhouse has some, some super, super, super dope heavy hitters um, from Roundhouse, too. And then we started to collab, you know. Now, now I'm out in Charlotte 
plan shows with vacation pay at um tip top daily market love that place oh crap that's and crazy then, you know down at um the, the the daily bread market i think that's what it's called in durham um yes playing shows yeah right yes. with yeah, the big yeah. wheat the yep. big wheat you know exactly what you're talking about yeah yeah playing shows out there with roundhouse you know so we all start to kind of interconnect with each other wow. it was so dope wow. such a great wow. time you know and i think that over the years though like as any band and group goes we run into kind of some issues and all of us you know we some of us started to butt heads with each other and mm. when it came to like the direction of where we wanted to go i feel like everybody had a different idea and then on top of that i feel like life happened you know we're we're kind of a college band so it's true that poses the problem of what happens after college, college. after y'all graduate what mm. y'all gonna do you know when you think about it, of course, there's a lot of success stories that come out of this, you know, and I've seen a lot of people that made it work. But I think that collectively, a lot of us were a little worried about how we were going to sustain, you know, and financially and otherwise. Yeah. <clears throat> so a lot of them got job offers in great careers. Um, you know, we were all in school for something so it was like dre was in school for it and john was in school for um it too i think devin's engineering yeah um kaylin is architectural engineering i'm pretty sure um so not architectural my bad um what's it called when you uh when you help in the trees and the environmental oh agriculture and stuff like yeah yeah yeah, agricultural. yeah yeah but yeah. yeah um so once you get into that it's like you know, Drake gets a job offer in Delaware. How's he going to deny it if he's getting paid pretty well? Yeah. And, you know, like, am I going to just stay in Greensboro and just hope that this works? Yeah. You know, and as much as I would really wanted them to stay, I can't, you know, I can't, you can't ask that. I, I get it. You know? Yeah. So that's kind of what happened. I think, you know, people still ask me, like, what happened to our tones? Where did everybody Life. Uh, you know, life happened. Exactly. And we still make music. We make music individually, and then we still collab together. So I think Earth Tones now instead of being a band it's more so like a label you know it's more so like that a label that's a bridge term that if everybody is signed to this label then me Devin, sean dre you know kaylin we can all individually release but then we can also collab and connect and make a song or make an album or whatever together so we're currently kind of like working on collabs as we speak me and dre have a really dope song together um you know me and Devin, uh we kind of Lightly working on an album together, very lightly. Okay. You know, um, but yeah, it's still, still in the works. You know, life happens, but you just gotta roll with the tides. That's it. You so. know, in all great collectives or groups, it happens to all of them. Yeah. You know, what I'm yeah. saying. I mean, I'm thinking of the Our Future Days. Mm -hmm. I mean, Wu Tang. I mean, yeah. there's uh, all of them have. You go through it, it's and it's still it's all love. It's all love and fun, but then just you're, yeah. it's all it's human nature to go right. to different paths. I, it happens, but it's cool that you still have something that. You're still under yeah. that you're not necessarily together physically, but you're still there, you know, virtually and yeah. mentally. Yeah. You know you what know, I'm saying? We still keep in contact too. Dre comes down about every other weekend, I swear. Okay. Yes, and like, though. you know, me and uh, me and Sean FaceTime, we talk all the time. He just sent me a TikTok today. You know, so it's, it's it's cool. We're we're still all cool. It's, it's the beauty of technology, it's a good thing. Right. It keeps yes. us connected, right? Yes. That's yeah. super dope. So in the in the midst of that, you kinda broke out the equipment to 
make beats and stuff exactly. then. So that, did, that, did they push you to yes. finally, okay. Oh, that makes the most sense of like, of course, that being around them, like, okay, I need to break this stuff out. Let me, yeah. let me go and plug it up. Yeah, you know, like, it's, once they found out I had a beat pad and had something, like, what you doing? What you doing? You yeah. should have been tried this stuff, you know? So, But I learned so much from them, you know? Mm-hmm. I learned about, like, how to, how to structure a beat and, like, how to make things kind of come together and yeah. what samples to choose. And it's, I already had the ideas in my brain, you know? I'm, I'm younger, thinking, like, ooh, that would be hard if you just flipped it like this, you know? Like, listening to, like, Billy Joel. Okay, <laughs> like, yes. It's just like, ooh, that, that rhythm is so hard just right there, just right there. You yes. know what I mean? And I already kind of had the framework of sampling in my brain, but I just didn't know how to do it or I mm. didn't know what it was. You know, you get... I feel like people don't know what production is and they think they that the song just happens, Mm-mm. you know, and it's like there's so many pieces that come into this, whether it be like picking the right sounds or picking the right instruments or picking the right sample. Absolutely. You know? So I sat down with, uh, you know, Drew Shamirly? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. I sat down with him and me and him were kind of close. We worked together for a little bit in our day jobs, but um, I've been in the studio with him, I think twice to seeing him just do his thing. And yeah, this is nice. so he's phenomenal. Yeah. There's so much that goes into beat making. I mean, because mm-hmm. I kind of want to learn just to make music for my own little video things yeah. or I have to buy music from people. But I'm just like, I don't know if I have the energy for that at this moment because I'm just, yeah, it's it a, takes lot. a lot. Yeah, it does. Oh and God. like, even now, I use GarageBand to make most of my music, Dope. all of my music, actually. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of my friends still um, kind of like, throw shade at me for still using it and i'm like well it's it's the quickest workflow for me it's still free right yeah it's It's still free Mm -hmm. i don't have to pay for it i can get my idea really out really quickly you know and it's it makes a pretty clean sound people are surprised they'd be like you made this on garage band well yeah no i didn't spend three thousand dollars on logic yeah there are pro Pro tools or whatever you know it's funny it's free loop still free it's free it's free loops free Mm -hmm. It's not free. Has it ever been free? Mm-mm. Okay, my friends just torn it. Yeah, I was about to say. You okay, just... yeah. My friends back in the days made stuff on free loops all yeah. the time. I didn't yeah. know if it was free or not, so it's not free. Yeah. Um, but did you? I, I used to use free loops back in the days to fuck around a little bit. Yeah. Nothing really serious. Yeah. Um, but that's crazy. Name on those programs. I'm just like, bro. I'm using Logic right now. So, yeah. um, but yeah, I can only imagine how much that stuff really costs. Buying oh, plugins yeah. and all oh, that stuff. Yeah. I'm just yeah. like, yeah, I'm I mean, doing that. Yeah, and I dabbled with Fruity Loops, you know, for a while, and I recorded some songs on Fruity Loops, but it just was like my eyes would cross after a while. Like <laughs> looking at the screen, it's, it's, the screen is too much going on. It's too many That's buttons. That's so true. <laughs> I'm like, what is happening here? It's too much. Like simplify your layout, your your format, please. Facts. <laughs> Either way. But yeah, I think it was just like a little daunting for me, so intimidating that it made it hard for me to make the song, make the get the idea out, you yep. know? So I think like GarageBand, and I started on my phone, like oh, that's dope. chopping, yeah, like chopping up like uh, samples, laying them out. I, I did, I still do all of my chopping manually. So everything is slice, place, no slice, place. Way, yeah, yeah. really? Yes. That's impressive. Thank you. That's awesome. But I'm trying to, you know, it's just the money. It's everything is expensive. As much as I would love to pull Bruh. up to the B shows with a 404, you know, or MPC, that's a two thousand dollar piece of equipment. You My know, that's God. a five hundred dollar piece of equipment. So, you know, when I'm bothered like that, I might pull up with something cool. But, but at this point, 
You're gonna see this iPad. I feel like yeah, and that thing I love is I love that is, is you're not more you're a lot more involved in the process when you're doing like that. So yeah. you know, it's cool that you show up with your iPad or yeah. whatever. And I was when I first learned that you can create stuff on your phone. Of course, it was from Steve Lacey. Yep. Yeah. Um, he had, I think he had a video or YouTube or something like that where he, mm-hmm. I think his first record was on his iPhone. It was. Yeah. I think it was See You Girl. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's what that was it. Yeah. And because he had a um, TED talk about mm-hmm. that actually. And I was like, he made this on his phone? Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I, even now, I'm telling you to this day, people still like, oh yeah, Steve Lacey, Steve Lacey. And I want to be like, ooh, I swear, me and Steve Lacey both started this at the same time, or I don't know. Bruh. But yeah, like I just think about it like, yeah, it just shows you how you just make do with what you got. Facts. You know, I don't know what Steve Lacey's decision making was, but mine was definitely like, this is on my phone. It's already here. I can just, I can figure this out, you know? That's it. That's all I need. I don't need this big recording studio. It's cool. I've been in a thousand studios. They're they're great. They're cool to be in, but I love going to someone's house. Yeah. Set up in a corner. I have this little equipment. My computer right here. This is all I need. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it's it's venturing that way too. I've noticed like people don't want to pay like $60 an hour to, to rent a studio space when they can make a sound that's just as clean. Absolutely. at that house Absolutely. and have the equipment themselves absolutely know? and there's so, so many major bands and major labels who mm-hmm. do that crap right at home yep. and it's just like it's I'm, not hard it. it's really not hard facts I mean Tame Impala I mean I'm, I've watched you obviously he's huge now he does have a course video but I know in early documentaries mm-hmm. he was just him in his house yeah in then Australia somewhere where he was from it's just like Making huge hits. I oh, mean, yeah. massive oh, hits yeah. that we know today, mm-hmm. just with the minimal equipment. You know, and like a huge one for me is uh, Goche. Okay. Oh, I love, yes. I love Goche. I'm yes. really like so butthurt. He hasn't come out with music in like seven years. A long time, right? So long. Yeah. yeah what was his last hit? Somebody that I used yes, to know. Yes. Yes. That and was. I, go ahead. Like, oh, well, that was like kind of his his single, his only really big single. I don't think a lot of people gave his other music a chance they didn't. because I, that's why I love and hate radio because yeah. people focus on that one, one single. It's like, bro, listen to the album. Yes, please. Listen to the, go dive in. Listen to the ones before. Right. You know, that's how I got in Little Dragon. I heard Little Dragon probably two years ago. Yeah. Very new to Little Dragon, and I was like, oh, it's cool. And then I, I like to dive back to the first albums. Yes. You know, I did that recently. I was like, this is crazy. So crazy. You'd be surprised. That's that's what I mean about like being a kid and not knowing about that frame of mind. You mm. know, like you get so conditioned to just getting what's served to you. Mm. You don't learn about, I got to just dive. I got to take some time. I nice. got to dedicate the, the energy into learning about this. So Goche was a huge, huge one for me because of that. Like I found his other music and it just blew me away. I love it. I love the multi-dimensionality. Like some of these tracks sound like reggae. Some of these tracks sound like electronica. Some of these tracks sound like just so different from each other. And then I saw his uh, documentary. Ooh, I haven't seen that. Ooh, it's so good. It's so, the album's called Making Mirrors, and I think it was called Making Making Mirrors. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, it's on YouTube. But um, they showed how he's in his house. Everything, the whole album was made by him. Every song was made by him, beginning to end, every track. I think that he maybe had, he had a couple of collaborations when it came to like certain instruments. Yeah. Like I think he worked with some like bassist and some guitarist on certain songs, but he can play all these instruments. So he's in his house, like 
over here, playing on the belts, over here, playing on this. I love that. You know, and then even sourcing sounds too, that's what really inspired me to source sounds was he, I don't know where he was at, I think he's in Canada or something, but there's this huge like um, uh, interactive piece, like musical piece that you can walk up to and it's these wires that are wound through this like big, um, this big stand and you can hit it and it makes this huge like doom like bass sound oh and wow and he used that as the bass track for this song called eyes wide open that's crazy and i'm like this is so like dope to see the process and it it's dope to see how clean the project actually was you know for him to be able to do all these things on his own from scratch and then also like go outside and say that sounds cool. Let me use that. Oh my gosh, that's you so know? cool. It's so dope. And, you know, don't get me started on the visuals too. Like, he's really, really great in working with different animators. Each each music video has a different animator. And they oh, all have different cool. styles. I didn't know that either. So cool. See, yeah. I love music. That's why I love having a conversation with you. I love musicians so much. Because that is just... I don't know. I think musicians are very obviously they're appreciated, but the process I don't know if it's appreciated yeah. as much. And I love watching music documentaries. I can yeah. watch them all freaking day. Mm. I can tell you how many times I've watched Tyler because Cherry Bomb. Yeah, it is a documentary on YouTube on that, and there's one for <clears throat> another one he did too. That is watching the process is yeah. just outrageous. Um, yeah. My people God, are, I, people are getting into it. Yeah, they are. Yeah. No, they definitely are yeah. for sure, for sure, for sure. But I think process needs to be appreciated a little bit more Definitely. for the common folk to really look into but you know it's fine that they use it in them products what they want so yeah. Yeah. we get that people do what they do yeah, yeah. absolutely absolutely so i want to get to you djing because mm. obviously it's going to be you djing mm. um and obviously i had the pleasure of watching you dj at the, the harrison show dj uh, harrison yes. show harrison right that's his name yeah DJ yes harrison, yeah. Which I so I know right quick. I didn't know he was as, as stones throw. I mean, like yes. that's crazy. I know, bruh. Yes. And I saw Tyler start giving him a shout out on his Instagram. I yes. was like, who? I didn't know I watched the freaking superstar. Oh my god! It's like nothing, nothing but this situation. I would say shows me how close music, the music world is. Like you can touch it. It's not as shiny and and you know ambiguous as it feels like right. it feels like the music industry is so like hard to get into like you got to know somebody who knows somebody which is true yeah. but that's any industry that's just networking every industry yes. you know but that's the thing about how that pipeline goes right like to show you how interesting it is right I found out about DJ Harrison through Dre because Dre is from Virginia and so is DJ Harrison that makes sense yeah yes um so I reached out to DJ Harrison years ago, um, probably two years ago, three years ago now, for a beat that he had on one of his albums because I wanted to rap over it. I just thought it was the dopest beat ever. Yeah. And, I, and I bought it. I purchased the beat. And um, so fast forward to this year. Now, how I met Prez, actually, um, I was, I live very close to you in Fisher Park. Oh, you're in Fisher Park? Yes, I oh, am. We're neighbors. Dude. When I drove up here, I was like, yo, like... Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> I drive through this... I pass by your house often. Often. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm like, what's up? Hey, neighbor. Hey, neighbor. <laughs> that's dope. I love that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Prez, you know, I live so close to Flatiron. Yes. That I was just like, okay, well, you know, I'm 24 now. I should have a home bar. 
Okay. And I like this is my way of like creating a home bar. So I started to go to Flatiron by myself often. You know, I was trying to make new friends and just trying to meet people. So I was like, I'm just gonna bring my iPad and sit at Flatiron and get a drink and try to chat with people if I meet them. If I don't, cool, whatever. I ended up going on a Tuesday one night, mm. and this is back when Prez was doing them every Tuesday, doing yes. his um, in the beat of the night type of things every Tuesday. And I just started to get to know him. Like, I just, you know, he was playing records that I had only heard in the recesses of my mind. Yes. I was like, why am I hearing? I never thought that I could go to a bar in North Carolina and hear most Def and hear Jay Dilla. Rex. Hear people that I am so obsessed with. It just felt like, you know, you got to know somebody who knows somebody and just be at somebody's house to hear this yeah. that has a good taste in music versus being out somewhere. So that's what made me want to get to know him as a, as a DJ, as a person. Come to find out, he is tapped in, you know? To find out that he's done work with Stone's Throw, OK Africa, mm-hmm. a lot of different names and things like that. So I'm just like, oh, OK, well, this could be a valuable connection to make with this person. Mm-hmm. Even outside of that, though, me and Prez were cool. Like, we were, we're friends. So I was just like, OK, cool guy. Let's see, see how this goes. I can't rem- remember exactly how it came to the point where we started to work together. I think that I told him, or he saw some of the work I was doing, because I would bring in my iPad and, and work while he was playing. And I think he saw some of my artwork and was like, you know, this would be dope for you to do some flyers for this event. Yeah. And I think after we got to know each other in that capacity, it was like, now you know, um, <clears throat> now he's seeing how how tapped in I am with the Greensboro community. So it was just like, okay, how can we marry this person that's got community out, out elsewhere with like trying to connect to the community here? Mm-hmm. So like now we're working together on featuring different local artists and like you know he's asking me who should i feature feature for this this week you know and i'm like you should hit up something kelsey she's dope okay, i've never yes. seen her I mentioned that, you know yeah. i've never seen her do an interview before i would love to see that you know so it's like now we're creating this interconnectivity of marrying all these worlds and it started to grow you know we moved from tuesday to wednesday started to get a little bit more consistent of attraction of people that are coming like a you know home bar group yeah. of people that are like you know you see the same people every week type of thing um, <clears throat> so I think, you know, in that traction, we, we started to have beat nights and it was, I, I can't remember whose concept it was between me or Brez, but we started to have beat nights. Um, and it's like me, Devin, uh, this guy named the gentleman boss, um, Christian and a good handful of other beat makers that are just like, you know, starting back of the metronome tradition mm, where it's a monthly, yes. a monthly show at Flatiron, you know, um, I think that we're still gonna keep it that way, but I would I'm trying to kind of build something separate, um, that's a little bit more Okay. Um, what's the word? Valuable, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in the sense of those beat beat nights growing, I think that press started to see kind of like how deep this the beat world goes here. Yeah. It's deep. It's mad deep. And even outside of just Greensboro, it's deep in North Carolina, period. Yes. You know, it's super, super deep here. And I think that the MCs are starting to get more hip to it too. And instead of like hitting up somebody from, you know, LA for a beat, you know, they're they're hitting up their friendly neighborhood right here. Friendly neighborhood beat maker, you know, so I think it helps in interconnection of everybody and I think Prez saw the value in that and was like okay well you know what let's uh bring a heavy hitter out here you know 
I think his connections with Stones through Throw helped him get connected to DJ Harris. Okay, and you he know? was right in Virginia, so exactly. Yeah, and you know, like we talked about Charlie Hunter. Charlie Hunter has a lot of ties into Flatiron uh, too. Big facts. And yes. Charlie Hunter worked with Butcher Brown, which is DJ Harrison's band. Bruh. I'm like, this is like, wow. <laughs> this is like a web. That's it was, crazy. It was a huge web. You know, like. I'm like, this is really insane to see how closely this works. And, like, it could have been any beat maker, too. For it to be DJ Harrison, somebody that I hit up, like, two years ago yeah, to yeah. work on music together. I'm like, this is so, so fated to happen and so, so fated to be put together. And he showed nothing but love, too. Like, came up and was like, can I give you a hug? I'm like, can you give me a hug? Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Bro, so, that's crazy. It's, yeah, it's super crazy. I just love to see how that's how music is. It, that's how it should be. Connects everybody, you yeah, know. Yeah. All levels of success or whatever, you know. See, I, you I love that. And you mentioned I mean Harrison working with you, even Charlie Hunter. I love that people who are nobody like I guess more popular or maybe on a different tier it's just yeah. like nah bro this is all music yeah there ain't no tears of this shit exactly you I hate... work with me let's work let's work okay as long as you're passionate about your shit mm-hmm. i don't give a fuck who you are right you, you know, know what i saying? like your music your music is dope like yeah yeah i'll rock with you let's try it yeah yeah that's mad dope so did he remember the beat you yeah, gave okay yeah that's and so I cool. played it he hadn't heard like the the actual track yet so that was his first time seeing, you know, hearing it with any vocals over it or whatever. So it was really cool to see his reaction, you know, and that was that's, okay. That song is like my I guess I could call it my single song, you know, because yeah. the, the lyrics are like, here's a boulevard babe from around your way. Ah! And it's like, gives me my call and response. It's like, that's kind of like my go to song to finish out the show with. And, you know, like people are connecting to that one. That's that's the song, you know, I love so that. I think it's even doper for him to see that. Like, I, you know, use this as as an identifier for me, too. You know, yeah. so that's mad it's, dope. It's a beautiful moment. Is that the one on your SoundCloud? Because there's one where you're rapping on your SoundCloud, and I, maybe it wasn't, maybe the Deviant Sound. Do you rap on Deviant Sounds? Uh, yeah. Beat? That was Deviant, that was Deviant yeah. Sound. Okay, yeah. gotcha, yeah, gotcha. Because yeah. I heard that, and I was like, oh, this is this is hard. I could, okay, that was Deviant, that was, that was Deviant. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. okay, okay, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> That's dope. So you haven't released that song you did no, with? No, I haven't released it yet. Oh. No, it's going on an upcoming album that I'm planning to release next year. Game, next year? Yes. 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 Okay, before we get into that, because I definitely talk about that and the right process with that. Um, how many? Have you, how, how often do you DJ? I mean, I saw you DJ that one night, which yeah. is in, incredible. How often do you do that? Um, well, I could. I, I make. I play my beats a little bit more than I DJ. You know, on that night, I was that. You know, playing my beats. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it was more of a beat showcase kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. True. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah more yeah. of a beat show for sure. You know, and I, I DJ. I have DJed a couple of times every once in a while, and. I think some people saw me on stage with other and other funky, crazy music equipment, and they were just like, oh, Katie, come to DJ at this thing. So I've done a couple of like little DJ gigs where it was really fun. I love to be able to do that. I think it's very um, relaxing for me in okay. comparison to playing my own music. Yes. As, as daunting as it feels to still get up on stage and having um, to make the decisions about what people are listening to and, like, you know, you you have to gauge the engagement, gauge where the crowd is and everything, and mm. that's definitely poses a whole different uh, mind state that you have to go about in the sense of making music or putting music out. Um, <clears throat> I love it. It was just still very like 
chill. I could just sit back and yeah, you seem like you were out and you know let it go, let it play. You know, that's the hardest it. Part was getting all the music. I'm saying, oh you know, my goodness, getting it all in one place. That was the hardest part. You know. And the question on that, and uh, if it's uh, gonna get you in trouble, don't you know, you don't say anything. But how do you, how do you go how do you do go about finding that music? Do you just just rip it off YouTube or? Yeah, yeah okay. I would definitely say I get it from YouTube. It's not, it's not, it's not for you're not making money. It's not for you're not like, selling it or anything. Yeah, no, you're I'm just playing, it, so it. it's it's perfectly fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I was, mean, if I got to a certain degree, I would definitely like you know go out and buy the song the albums. You know, like buy yeah. the song. You know, I would love to if I was you know actually pursuing DJing. I would probably go more analog. Like I would like to do vinyls. Ooh, you know, if I was yeah. gonna DJ like that, but yeah. I'm more so into the beat making thing. I like to create music more so than I do play it. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's super dope. Okay, okay. Let's go into this album, and well, I'll, I'll let you go after that because we we've been rapping for a little bit. Okay. But um, so this new album, um, kind of give an overall kind of view of it. So how was the writing process on it? How what, what, what went into it? Um, I think I was trying to connect to a theme, or more so a feeling, definitely, where you know I felt that over the years I've always felt like an outlier and felt like, you know, the person that was on the outside looking mm, in, like okay, not yeah. able to really be a part of the conversation, but listening to everything and like having something to say, but not having the place to. So yeah. I think that it's, it's called Jay Walker. I think that okay. it created this theme where it's like, you know, in and around the norm, looking on the outside, but, you know, trying to figure out how to get from one side to the other. You know, okay. yeah. I think the theme of Jay Walker was supposed to be like, <clears throat> I think that imagine you're, you know, you're crossing the street, you're not doing it legally, you know, you're trying to get from one end to the other side, but in a sense you become small, like in a Ooh, sense okay. you become like, like an ant, you know, you don't necessarily have the same power that you do when you're walking on the sidewalk because you're deciding to enter into this field of a place that's not for you. Yeah. You yeah. know? So, like, <clears throat> I had this whole write-out that basically says, like, you know, I become a speck to you when I'm in this space, but I could be an important speck. Maybe you shouldn't hit me, you know? Maybe you shouldn't. Mm. maybe you shouldn't um maybe you should pay attention to where i am um even though i'm not supposed to be here yeah, yeah. um i feel like the themes of writing too was just kind of like writing songs about figuring it out and finding that way was like finding my way out of this plane that i put myself in okay yeah you know um a lot of the songs are pretty introspective and you know some of them i tried to veer off from being romantic to like i have the tendency to write about relationships and stuff and i got out of those themes a lot interesting so okay i got i get a a little political sometimes you know a little bit you know societal it's more so talking about my view of society from the outside looking in oh i like you that yeah. yeah yeah so it's it's really personal yeah really yeah personal. it was mostly all you yeah i love that yeah, that's gonna be so dope yeah. and so as far as recording did you collab with anyone else or just all you all me just recording just, in my house in the closet uh, see i love this <laughs> i love this so you got guitar bass yep. keys yep. Beats. beats yep 
going crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! And I really like. I was trying to kind of create a pro a project that felt more professional. So I wanted to work with other people. So I I got the beat from DJ Harrison. I also worked with this guy Weirdo. Um, I really love Weirdo. Um, and just wanted to tap into some people that I've been listening to for a long time. You know, I've been listening to Weirdo since high school. I found him on Bandcamp. Oh, that's know? dope. So, so you got in touch with him yeah, and y'all Francis, worked together? Yeah, and I just reached out to him, yeah, on, on Instagram. And he was like, hey, you can buy it. It's no problem. I was like, okay, cool. That's dope. Uh, yeah, yeah. Worked with, like, Devin, too, of course. Worked of course. with some of my friends on um, beat making and wanted to do some collabs, too. So I got some some other people on the album too i got uh, my friend eugenius tim on the track um you know a couple other people that are local greensboro folks that could come in and collab with me on the track so So that's gonna be it's so cool that it's right from home just so dope where's widow from weirdo where's weirdo uh, I think that he's in California. In California, okay, yeah, cool, yeah, cool. Yeah. But for the most part, everyone's right here. Everyone people that you can local. touch. Yeah. See, that's beautiful. Yeah. I love that. Like you said before, it's like people, you know, were so used to going for your New York people, your LA people, right. or wherever. It's like you know, you get this right here. Yeah. It makes it so much more special. Tap into it, you know. Tap into your surroundings. That's mad dope. So, obviously, you're gonna have a, a show. Yeah. So, what what do you feel about touring? Touring, I would love to tour. Yeah. I can't like. <laughs> Just thought about Michael Jackson. <laughs> I love touring. Um, I I just I've never toured before. Um, I can't say that. I mean, I've played outside of my city. I've played, you know, in other places. But yeah, I would love to do something like that. I just think that right now my biggest goal is trying to find somebody that can help me with assessing those details. Yeah, you know? that's, a, that's a different part of the it's, industry. Oh yeah, it's mm. a it's a part of the industry that I have no clue about. So I'm I'm actively kind of looking for people to help me out with learning about that and Yeah. You know, I've been had some couple sit down sessions with Charlie and you know, just trying to see what it would look like, what it sounds like, what it feels like to be able to get from a to b with those things it's not it's not easy it's, it's just that's hard it's then you're in a hard world you're in a fun world yeah but it's, it's 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 not glamour and gold no, no. you know yeah. that's why i love these conversations because i get to kind of dive into your world and realize that it's not it's not just me listening to your track and like, oh man that sounds great but that was easy to do you know what i'm saying yeah. nothing goes into that it's like there's a whole there's a lot goes into this oh yeah so much you know what i'm saying so yeah. jay walking's coming out soon yes um, do you know when? Can you give us? I'm hoping for February, March. Ooh, so early in the year. Yeah, I'm hoping so. I'm like a little. We'll we'll see, cause everybody says you know don't release in that first quarter, cause that's when everybody else does. <laughs> but I'm just like, I mean, I do get it, but it's just like, oh, when do you? When's the best time? When is the right time? Exactly. So I'm just like, yeah, I, yeah. when it, when it's ready, it'll come out. Cause so. I feel like this year everyone released it in the past two three months yeah like in december yeah like over the past couple of months i'm like yo y'all are really like out here <laughs> in the waterworks <laughs> but yeah like my first album came out the same time as solange uh when i get home Ooh. like the same like a day after oh. and i was like oh i can't oh i can't do this again yeah. i can't do it again because i know it i know it hit got me. overlooked yeah it's i know cra- it hit me right timing is everything but I don't even know how would you... I guess you artists do release when they're going to release albums, so that makes sense. Yeah. I guess you can tr- strategically Try to plan. Yeah. But I feel like every day I get on Spotify, new release from this, new release yeah. from, I'm just like, bruh. Yeah. It's, it's your never-ending music, regardless. Yeah. So you just got to put it out. Just... just put it out and just play shows and yeah. just yeah. and just enjoy the ride. Right, exactly. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. That's so dope, Katie. I'm so honored that you're here. 
Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. I'm honored yes. to be on the show with you. Absolutely, absolutely. And of course, we'll get back together with Free Pizza because I want to know about your creative journey. And I actually want to hit you up about design I need yeah, okay. for my little record label. For sure. Yes, yeah. yes. I'm, I'm getting into more the screen scoring, movie scoring oh, world dope. as far as music I, yeah. I make. But uh, I did from a little label for my own music and possible future other um movie scores you know down the road but um for right now just for me but we'll definitely talk on that and get you on free pizza because i want to hear about your creative stuff too um this is so dope where can we find you on the internet on the internet you can find me at katieboulevard.com we got the domain baby you're going crazy (laughs) you're going crazy um yeah that's kind of a hub for pretty much everything you can get access to my music older albums um all of my design is up there too Ooh, yes you want to hit me up you know you can do that there also, uh, you know, on Instagram, it's K-A-T-I-E dot B-L-V-D, Katie Boulevard on there. Um, I got a Twitter, too, but you don't want to look at that Twitter. No, um, boy. <laughs> but for the most part, I would definitely say, like, hit up my website or hit up my Instagram. You know, that's where my Instagram is a little bit more um, active if you want to follow yes. what I got going on and want to see the shows and stuff like that. Absolutely. It'll be on my Instagram for sure. That's mad dope. Yes, please follow Katie. Mega talented. I mean, we didn't get to the art, the visual stuff yet, but like, super talented. The music is so dope. It's on SoundCloud. I'll link all that. Um, I want to hear, I can't wait to hear the DJ Harrison track. I'm, mm. I'm very excited. I'm so excited. Um, but yes, I can't wait for a record release. That's going to be super dope. Yes. Do you have any shows coming up? Coming up? Actually, not at the moment. At the moment? Chilling yeah, right now? Chilling right now. Yeah. Probably yeah. about to go into the vault and just like bang out this album. You I know? love it. What process are you at? Are you at the mixing process? Mixing. Are you at the, okay, you're mixing yeah, right mixing, now. Yeah, mixing, re-recording, you know. About yeah. to sit down with some folks about that part. So. Okay, yes. yes. Actually, if you were recording, I might do some visuals for you, some photos maybe I come through. I would love that. We'll talk on that. I would yes. love that. I'll be very honored to be in the room with you. For sure. Yes. Anyways, people, thank you for listening. Uh, support the show. Obviously, we're in a new year now, so uh, we'll see what happens this year. I had a great year last year. Um, I'll probably release this. It'll be the first one at least in the new year. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, 2022. Get it to a good start. Um, but please support Katie, support the podcast, you know, tell your friends, tell your mom, I'm trying to feed my kids. Um, I don't have any kids. But, uh, <laughs> but thank you for listening. And uh, Katie, thank you again. Of course, of Appreciate course. It. Thank yes. you. And support the show, y'all. Support the show. Yes, 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 yes. Goodbye.